Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It would be criminal to end this pod without mentioning a certain Welsh gentleman who has departed. It's only now, since he's actually gone, that all the montages, the highlight reels have been made that it's really hit home actually not only how good he was but how much an embodiment of Spurs he became towards the end of his tenure now he was he was Tottenham he was Mr Tottenham it, it's it's not nice to lose him no I was almost until the minute he left I had this <laughs> idea that he, he was here for another season and then he'd go next year regardless. I think I've, I've said that several times. I think I said it that many times that I convinced myself it was true. I hope he does well. I hope he isn't ostracised like Michael Owen was. I, I genuinely hope that the players at Real let him come into the team and let him be the player that he is. Um, I really hope that, yeah, I, I hope he isn't bullied. <laughs> I mean, it almost feels like I've, I've let my kid go, but... Um, there is a real chance at that club. It's a completely kettle, different kettle of fish that he could completely be, be pushed to one side. He is probably the best player you will see in a Spurs shirt in our lifetime. The day that Luka Modric dances through midfield, picks a pass and plays in Gareth Bale to score a goal in the Champions League for Real Madrid, is probably the day that my heart's going to break a little bit for Tottenham because that's, that's a scene that I'd want to see at our club. They're going to be wearing white, but they're not going to have our badge on their shirt anymore. Beat the pace here by Gareth Bale. It's a terrific run. Can he go all the way? Gareth Bale lights up the Copa del Rey final. He's gone all the way here. Waiting for the cross, and it was Dale. Oh, what about that? What about that from Gareth Dale? Off the bench with a fabulous finish. Real Madrid 2, Liverpool 1. A classic Champions League final goal from Gareth Dale. Well, at the moment, uh, seven years after leaving, Gareth Bale is coming back to Spurs. As far as I hear, and I was speaking to Jonathan Barnett, his, his main representative last night, he cannot wait. He keeps on saying, tell people, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. It's Gareth Bale given a round of applause by Tottenham supporters as he arrives at their training base, heading inside to complete his deal and move from Real Madrid. Fantastic scenes. Right, hello everybody. Welcome back to what is I, I would say probably in the what eight years we've been recording now a landmark episode of Rule the Rage podcast. It's it's not a significant number or anything like that. It is Gareth Bale is home. He's home, and so too is Raj Baines. How you doing, mate? I'm fine. I'm all right. How about you? Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely buzzing. I'm not yeah, lie. yeah, same. I mean, what we, you mentioned the length of time we've been making this thing. Not consistently, obviously, but <laughs> from the start of the episode <laughs> to now. Um, but I, I think when we were texting the other day, the first episode we recorded was essentially a, one with some Real Madrid fans telling them how good Gareth Bale was, because that's like the start of the rumours. And then maybe a month or two after we recorded that, he was gone. Yeah, he was. I mean... I might have, for the intro, if I've been asked, dug out a few sound bites. Because um, mm. I, I think, try to think back, I think I was still sort of young and naive enough to assume that he was going to stay another year, because it was still such a, a far fetched transfer at that point. The the amount of money they were talking about, and he was on a billboard in New York. Yeah, Spurs selling a player to Real Madrid. It sounded ridiculous, but. He did. He did go. You called it. I think. I think you were a bit more world weary than me at that point. Um, yeah, I was going to say you were young and naive. I was old and stupid, and uh, 
at least one of us has changed. <laughs> uh, how old, uh, if we think about it, what is it, seven years ago? So yeah. you, how old were you seven years ago? Uh, 42. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, this is Christ, my math. So 27, 28? So yeah, you were my age then. Yeah, mad. So that's why... So that's probably why now I record in a similar sort of mindset to you, because I'm actually at the age you were when we first started recording. But yeah. back when you were sort of, you know, Gary Glittering me on the pod in 2013. <laughs> when I groomed this young, yeah. promising writer, I was like, hello. Yeah. yeah. Tap me up. Let's, let's get somebody on for the insight I cannot provide. <laughs> in between my mouth, mouth breathing and chest beating. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, he's... Uh, He's home. He's home. What's all right? Let's let's. Uh, I'm sure as the momentum flows, we'll get into the the big emotional stuff. But what's your sort of hot takes from the beginning? What's your top line kind of feeling about this deal? Um, first though, before we do, when it was announced, can we can we discuss sort of how we felt and what we were doing as it was announced? Because I think both of us were like children like we weren't tweeting at the club announced bail but we were very close to we were we were tweeting it we were texting it to each oh, other oh, oh, every I five did. minutes i did sorry <laughs> i i was that guy i'm i'm sorry but well know. i think I'm, you're allowed to at least once but um <laughs> you're very kind we were um yeah, we we were both sort of because we all thought it was going to happen on friday didn't yeah. we and then they tickled our balls and thinking about it now i think they wanted to have control of the new cycle for two days, which, you know, you can't blame them for. Um, so they saved it rather than knock it out at 8pm and everyone get their tweets out and save it 24 hours and do a lot of stuff. I imagine that they got the trip to the stadium in on Saturday and stuff because they can't have got all that content in one day, although they were there for a while. Um, and you're cutting them some slack as well, like those the people that were making all that stuff have got a bit of pressure on them. And I yeah. think they largely did a, a fantastic job. The um, My favourite of all of them is is the uh, press release that was that was sort of uh, the Michael Jordan one from when he came back in, in 95. That was, yeah, yeah. That was unreal. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, the reason I ask you is because I was in uh, Home Bargains with my missus <laughs> and uh, I had, uh, for the first time in my life, set up tweet alerts so that if the tweets went, um, my phone would ping. So she's trying to show me, like, Christmas decorations in September. Oh, can you find one here that's got our initials on? My phone pings. I'm like, shut up. Yeah. I'm like, looking at my phone. And she she knows by this point of what I'm looking for because I've told her. And I, I literally, when it gets announced, I'm sort of stay, like stood in the corner of my an aisle by myself, like a sort of child with issues, like staring at a phone out loud. And she's like, can you turn it down? I'm like, no, I cannot turn it down. I'm going to stand here and watch this two-minute clip. And then we're going to watch it in the car and stuff. And... Um, yeah, it was, I was genuinely skipping down aisles and sort of like hopping about like a, a, a naughty kid and she was getting very embarrassed and, and sort of... She, to be fair, she did a good job of like pretending as if she cared and understood, but... Um, it, to me, I don't, I don't know about you, even though everything rational, like heart, mind, body, soul, whatever, you know, other things, other categories that you can appropriate in this example was saying look he's at the training ground he's obvi- this is obviously 100% done there's still that bit of you that's like until it's out on the official channel there's that air of doubt you know that for for whatever reason for whatever 11th hour shenanigans real madrid might want to pull or you know, whatever Manchester United might want to swoop in with at the last minute, it's just it comes up. But I, 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 I don't know. I was just, I've just been in a state of delirium the past few days, mate. I like, you know, you in terms of like you saying at the top end, I was the one that called him going. You have consistently, and I think this is even before our sort of slight hiatus. In the early stages of the stadium being built, you have like died on the hill of Gareth Bale will be back. He will be the marquee signing. When the new stadium is done and we're on this PR drive and we're building Brand Hotspur, 
Gareth Bale will be the marquee signing. And you, you've died on that hill, and you've been there ever since. And I've I've been naysaying. Um, so you must feel pretty vindicated now. Not really. <laughs> I think I was, <laughs> I, to be honest, I'd, I'd forgotten I'd ever said all like that. And I think I was just. I think it's just because it adds up. We we were obviously we needed a player who was a star and was a bought star, so that you have that. Buying someone and making someone is completely different. Even though you know Kane and Ledley and everything like that will have a a place in our heart that's completely different to the one that a Bale or a Van der Vaart ever will. Um, even though we we probably love them in in exactly the same way. And one of the things I'm going to be interested to see is how Kane takes the fact that he's not. Yeah. He's not the alpha. He's there's two alphas. Whether or not he takes that well or or not, and to be honest, I think he will. I think um, he love it. Yeah, I think he will love it. Um, and I think if anything, this is going to be half of the reason why we brought him is, is to persuade that boy to stay as well. Um, that we're matching his ambition. Um, but um, it was more the fact that yeah, we get to do this. We get to sell the shirts. We get to do the billboards and and you know put out all these press releases and everything. The only thing that was ever a stumbling block in my mind was the fact that he's an Adidas athlete and wear Nike. Um, but he has the profile that the club want to be associated with. And, and as much as I love Harry Kane, he doesn't have that same. Um, profile. I'm sure if he was to move, then his transfer would yeah. make as big of a splash. But a player staying isn't as big a news as a player leaving. Like the the messy things just disappeared. Now he said he's going to stay because he don't want to go to court. Had he gone somewhere, we'd still be talking about that transfer. It would still be an issue. It would still be headline news. Um, just because people love transfers for whatever yeah. reason. I mean, look at Aubameyang. I think Arsenal tried to beg that as much. It's a good, you know, whatever. It is a good thing for them. Mm. Um, but still, they've kind of tried to beg that out as some big marquee acquisition. Well, to be fair to them, that's like their first time, like a player who's their captain or whatever that could have left has actually stayed in about 10 years. Yeah. So to, to them, it is probably a landmark thing that he's well, not it gone. It was massive when we kept Kane, wasn't it? And everything. Yeah, but, it's, but, it's, but it's, it's, it's one of those things that's it's big for the team and the team supporters, but everyone else don't give a fuck. No. Um, whereas Gareth Bale coming to Spurs, everyone's tweeting about it. Don't matter who you support, people who support other clubs are excited that he's back in the league yeah. and stuff. And, and he's a genuine superstar. He's been on the cover of FIFA. He's been in Times Square, as you say. He's got his big flowy hair now. He's won the Champions League four times. He's scored the greatest Champions League final goal ever. Um, he, you know, the past couple of years aside, where he's sort of just fallen out of love with the game and not attempted to to really be part of it. Um, he's been incredible in Madrid. Um, and there's no... Sort of his, his production speaks for itself and everything. His, his injury record aside and what have you, he, he, they can't really fault him. Um, and the, the way he's left there, I'm, I'm sure they're secretly displeased about because... You know, he's he should be a legend at that club the same way, you know, all the lads are that, that have won those four Champions League. So it's I mean it's it's you know, it's a disgrace really the way he's been treated. Like mm. it, it, it it genuinely is, you know. To be fair, I think latterly he's played his part in that oh, the, of course he he's he's revelling in it now. He's, yeah. he's loving winding him up and everything like that. But Yeah, he's he's really uh, I think he's actually started to partake in his, his own yeah. sort of joke narrative which did, did you see the there was one that BT Sports released the other day where I think it, it might be from the tail end of last season so just kind of in the post lockdown stuff where Varane hands him like the Real Madrid oh yeah, yeah. I saw that at the time and he just, and he just passes it, it off yeah he looks at it like nah and just kind of yeah, gives it off to someone else. And I think it's little things like that that I can see why it would rile people. But I think I don't even want to extend these lot any credit because these bastards were giving him the white hanky treatment years ago, way before any of this golf stuff was happening or anything like that, you know. Um, they were, in my opinion, they were giving him the kind of like what we would call the Brexit treatment on our side, where it's just like, he doesn't speak Spanish yet, he's 
X, Y, and Z. He's, you know, he. Interestingly, on that though, if you watched like the behind the scenes um, material and stuff, which to be honest, I, I genuinely have been like a child, and I've I've been on every single Spurs oh, channel course. imaginable, and, and every single slice of content they've released, I've consumed, um, and. Uh, yeah, when him and uh, Regulon, which I think we've all forgotten has arrived at the club and will become our first choice left back, which was a very problem position and we genuinely did need um, buyback clause, um, you know, one to one side. It's a fantastic sign. Um, but um, yeah, if you watch those two interacting with each other when they're sort of just going through the club and, and sort of just arriving together and everything, he's speaking Spanish to each other. So it can't be that bad at Spanish that he doesn't either know it or can interact with people on a one on one stuff. He, he's. He's, taught, he's speaking Spanish to his teammate as yeah, exactly. they're doing it's, stuff. It's probably like, whatever, I don't know, what would you call it? Just kind of like broken Spanglish. Yeah, it'll be like, like conversational that. Spanish. He'll yeah. be able to get himself through a, a conversation, but he's he's not going to be fluid, um, fluent, sorry. Um, and some players are, like, um, I think Beckham was fluent at some point, wasn't he? And, and still is. And I think that's half the reason he's in Miami now and stuff. He's he's Because he's got that in his back pocket. Um yeah, so it's it's one of those. I mean, some people are better at picking up languages than others. Yeah, I don't know. I think like taking taking it all back a bit in terms of like how the the wider kind of community has treated this because it it is quite funny that when when it was first getting a bit of traction. So when you know because the the rumors always come around every window, and then there's always the cynicism of like, all right. Daniel Levy wants everyone to renew their season tickets or to buy the new kit. So let's get the old bail back to Spurs thing going. All right, whatever. And we all sort of, most of us at least anyway, started to pat that off. But this time there was a slightly different feel to it. It felt that there was a there was a perfect storm coming together. And then you started to see more and more whispers in the press and people talking about actually it does appear that Spurs might be trying and the crucial factor this time is it seems that Bale is actually now hit this point of like yeah I can just sit here in Madrid for two years but I am actually quite bored now and I do actually want to play football got the European Championships coming up I want to be sharp for it I want to feel a bit loved really ultimately I think it as much as we can say that footballers exist in these ivory towers and everything it must actually be quite shit going around a city having 14 year olds throw shoes at you and stuff like that whenever you're just sort of driving out for a bit of dinner and whatever weird stuff they do um, over there to people who they don't like who play for their football team. But uh, what I thought was quite an interesting sort of encapsulation of, of the whole bail conversation, I was listening to the, the Times football podcast the other day because I'm a massive Tory. Yeah, I was about to, I was literally, <laughs> but you took the words out of my mouth. And basically there's the, the entire panel, other than, other than one of the contributors, who's consistently a good lad, I like his takes, a guy called Gregor Robertson. But the the whole panel were basically, they were going through the motions of, he's too old, he's broken, oh, it's going to cost too much. What are Spurs doing? They're doing a typical Mourinho. They're not building anything going forwards. They're just you know relying on former glories to come back, blah, blah. All this kind of cynical, pragmatic stuff. And then Robertson just kind of piled into the middle of this, like... I, I, I can't actually quite believe what I'm hearing here. Like we we are fundamentally talking about one of the best footballers in existence, if not of all time. He's still young. Like footballers' peaks are going back and back and back. He's still young. Yeah, he might not be the same kind of physical specimen he was, but he's changed and he changed his game over the duration of his time at Madrid as well anyway, put on more muscle weight, learned to adapt his sprints, learned to adapt the way in which he moves into space, has gotten smarter off the ball, so on and so forth. Is less of a kind of force of nature and is more uh, controlled explosion, if you like. Yeah. Uh, but all that aside, he's still, on his day, one of the best players in the world. And Spurs are getting him on an incredible deal, allegedly, or whatever it is to be rumoured. He's a homecoming hero. He's coming to somewhere where he's adored. He's got a point to prove. 
And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But there's no real downside to this deal at all. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of exactly how I felt. As soon as it started to become more real, even seeing other Spurs fans try and naysay it, I've kind of thought... I don't. I mean, the, the only slight compromise I get on it is that some people are like, oh, if it goes really sour in this deal and it sullies the memories we had of him, but I don't think that that's likely to happen at all. You know, it's it just seems like an absolute winner. I think the yeah, I think it is. It, if we'd appeared, it's unbelievable. If it's we'd appeared like six, yeah, if we'd appeared sixty million for him and it was coming on on four hundred grand a week and stuff, then. I can see how we kind of go, oh, is this, is this the smartest thing for us to be doing? But we're essentially, we've been giving him for free. We've paid a nominal fee to bring him in. Uh, we've got an option of a second year, at which point he then becomes a free transfer. He genuinely wants to be here. The fan base has been miserable for 18 months. Yeah. And overnight has changed... I've not seen us engaged and enthused about this football team in a very long time from since all, Champions League final. Well. Yeah, no, there's no, yeah, and and there's a lot to be said in that as well, because when we are eventually allowed back in the ground, or you know, when we're engaging with players and stuff, we've been miserable. We've been asking, "Where's this? Where's that? Why can't you do this? Why can't you do that?" And overnight, the mood around the club has changed, so the players will pick up on that. If we're buzzing our tits off, what is, you know, like we touched on with Bale, but Son and everyone else, one of the game's biggest superstars is coming and they get to train with him, they get to learn from him, they get to, you know, engage with him and be his mate and stuff. It's like a step on from that Beckham deal a few years ago. Remember when he came and trained with us for a bit? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like Van der Vaart. When Van der Vaart came, he wasn't fully fit ever because he had his own problems. When he played, and he was a similar age to Bale when he arrived, when he played, he took the piss out of the Premier League. He was incredible, and we loved him for while he was there. And if it's the same sort of... I don't think... If he's there for... Even if it's just one year, but if he stays for three or four, we give him a one-year deal after his two-year loans, or even after the two years of loans or something, he goes to America or something... We'll have had him for longer than we assumed we would. He would have come back, and I think he's going to actually, actually contribute because yeah, he's, so. he's he's good. Like the first time he lines up a free kick and stuff, the entire country is going to be watching. And you know, if he slaps that top bin, then it's even better. If you think like it's a it's a it's a very small sample size, admittedly, but if you consider a player who's you know. A couple of years younger than, admittedly, but has had a similar past few years to Bale is Hamas Rodriguez, and he's yeah. taking the piss already in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, just for a shit team as well. <laughs> quality players are quality. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's as simple as that. Like football, there there is a lot of nuance to it, but sometimes there are just some fundamental principles that good footballers will be good. You know, yeah, Gareth it, Bale it doesn't is, matter where they are or what situation they're in. If, if somebody is just mustard, then they sure the same. You know, Pye, um, uh, West West Ham and stuff. When somebody comes in and is just decent, remember when Anelka went to Bolton and stuff yeah. like that. Like they're just good. Um, so yeah, I can't, I can't see why you know, Ozil when he first joined Arsenal, Sanchez when he first joined Arsenal. Sort of when they they might be seen as big club rejects, but that doesn't mean they're bad players. It just means these big clubs sit on a shitload of talent. I mean, going going back even further, like this might even be before your time, but players like JJ Okocha who came. No, no, no. I remember JJ Okocha. Yeah, like I thought you were going to mention Klinsman or something because those ones I I don't quite remember. I mean, I only just about remember Klinsman really, but I remember him being incredible. Um, but yeah, JJ Kocha, Yuri Jorkaev, you know, these yeah, yeah, yeah. like They're all at Bolton. Yeah, you know, they had like even Campo and stuff as well. Players that were coming, I mean, but even players like Bojan Kriacic, because I'm not mm-hmm. even sure how to pronounce his name, but who came in for Stoke, was just mm-hmm. brilliant, you know? It's good players, good players, and they, I just, I think there's 
a lot to be I think yeah in not just a sporting sense but a mood one as well I think this is fantastic and you know if we're going to think about it like Daniel Levy was in a commercial sense I've got a um, my, it was my birthday the other week as you know since she sent me a lovely bottle of whiskey um, and um, one of my presents from my missus was uh, <laughs> I think she must be following our tweets because she got us tickets for the Skywalk yeah um, so we're going to go on Skywalk at some point and um, do a stadium tour as well because I've been for a game, but I've you know I want to go around it and, and see what's what and stuff. Um, but her sister got me a, a voucher for club shop, and if you don't think that I'm going to be buying a shirt with Bale nine on the back now, <laughs> you know, then the yellow, you know, one. I, yeah, the yellow one, yeah, the yellow yeah, one's yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, mate, you, you've, yeah, and it's uh, that's I know that's not the primary reason why we should like a footballer, but. If if that wasn't the case, I'd have probably bought a training top or something like that. Yeah. But I will spend the extra money to get a shirt with him on because it'll be a collector's item in a few years. And, and have you seen that? If you watch behind the scenes stuff, like he's quite excited and and he can't quite believe he's a number nine and stuff like. Because he even says to the interviewer at one point, because obviously we as fans remember him wearing nine in that one pre-season game but he was like oh I've got a bail nine shirt at home with from Spurs from pre-season when we played in New York like he remembers like it's he you know he's often painted as this you know player with a, a poor attitude who's so less fair about the, the the game but the fact that within seconds he remembers that he has this shirt at home he has this memory of playing in pre-season with us he knew that he wanted to swap from three to eleven and he doesn't just say that he actually breaks down what was happening at the time he goes oh I wanted to be 11 but Van der Vaart was still here and he was 11 it's, it's mad isn't it hearing like him talk about it like yeah, yeah it's just like something happened at work which is yeah. what it is essentially but it's just it's funny yeah and then he was like oh I thought about being number 10 but Adebayor had it and he was leaving and he, and he goes oh so just for this one game while they were still there I wore number 9 yeah. and then obviously I think Van der Vaart took 10 from 11 and Bale then took 11 um, but yeah it was um yeah, it was just, it was great to see him so enthused. I think he's been happy as well. Like, I don't think, I think he's one of those people that doesn't hide his emotions. And the fact that he's been grinning, he's stopping for selfies, he's, he genuinely looks quite happy. The, the fact that he's been, like you say, he's been whistled at and, and people hating him and, and all that sort of shit. Like, just call him a golfer for years and, and what have you. And I'm sure he's going to have a game, a round of golf with Gareth, with um, Harry Kane before long. now, mate. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. Do what you please. Half that Michael Jordan documentary was him playing fucking golf between games. So if that's what they do to calm down and sort of, you know, enjoy themselves away from what essentially is their job, then let them. That shot's so overstated, though. It's, you know, the whole golfing thing, it is that kind of... They, they, they train for, what, three, four hours a day, about maximum. They go in for the breakfast and they leave early lunchtime. What the fuck else are they going to do? The, mate, they all, they all play golf because it's a low-impact sport that they can do outside of football for hours yeah exactly it's 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 confirmation bias again it's been one of those classic kind of how can we attack bail you know the spanish press are as bad as the british press it's yeah well it's the same with politicians though like obama played a shitload of golf because it's one of the only like he he got older he couldn't play basketball at the white house as much he wanted to do something where he can take his mind away from running the country so he fucked off and played golf for two, three hours every now and then because, you know, he wasn't going to destroy himself doing it. And then it was a way to sort of look after his mental health and everything. So you, Mate, you to just be honest, if he's, if he's coming up and scoring overhead bicycle kicks and cup finals for me, he can sit around eating pot noodles and watch mm. Netflix in his free time for all I care. Like, I just, I, I just can't understand that mentality of being incensed by a player that has produced so many clutch moments for them but I just I, I don't know I could go on about Madrid and their weird cultish idea but they're basically well do you not remember fascist fucks mate <laughs> after um but you know if you look at the way Man United fans carry themselves pre and post Ferguson it's completely different. They, they, it wasn't as bad as Madrid fans, but they did have that entitlement before yeah. he went. And and you would, can you imagine? Like if I was my age, uh, I, I was born in a world where you know Alex Ferguson was Man United manager. He was there longer than I was alive at some point. So when he, so when he left, like it was really fucking weird for me because I'd never yeah. known that club without him there. I'd never known Man United in another context. 
to the point where if you know somebody was going to win the league I wanted it to be Man United because I was just that used to it it wasn't as objectionable as Chelsea or City or Arsenal or, or Liverpool doing it exactly. I was like Man United do it it's, it's what it is what it is I've sort of made my peace with it I don't really care it's just what happens um and, uh, you know, they, their club now and their fan base now are completely different mentally in the way they carry themselves because they've realised that that's not the norm. And Real Madrid don't have that because like they've just won four Champions League. They've just won the league. They, they're in some ways too big to fail. They, they will have shit seasons and stuff, but they just go out and spend £80 million on a Gareth Bale or whatever to, to fix it. So it's... Um, it's completely it, it different. Just, it's, it's not a mentality we'll, we'll ever understand as Spurs fans. I think, to me, that's... The thing is, that that type of club, it must be so joyless, ultimately, because your baseline is winning everything. So any deviation from that means you're not winning everything, which means you're not going to be happy. But where do you go after that? Where do you go after you've won basically everything? There's no there's no room left to dream. Do you know what I mean? That's And that's kind of... That's a miserable place to be in. Um, and there's still plenty of that for Spurs, though. I think that... Well, we all know that there's plenty of room for Spurs left to dream. We saw that with the Champions League final the other year. And uh, I think maybe it's... Things like this are... are that's just what it taps into, right? This this whole bail transfer is... I tweeted something from the Royal Lurist account the other day that we've now got Kane... King and Bale all under the same roof at the same time working on the first team like you know it's just something that even just saying that it gives me a bit of a kind of shiver down my spine it's like it's three three of these like players I've absolutely idolised all contributing at the same time to hopefully something big at Spurs and it, it far transcends anything about Mourinho and whatever wage bills and everything at this point in time it's that nice little window into what is special about football and it's all that kind of rhetoric that Pochettino used to touch on with universal energy and football special and it gives us something that nothing else can you know I think he said after the Ajax game there are some emotions that without football you feel would almost be impossible and I you know you kind of you can't help but feel that sometimes those highs and just the the narrative and the I think it's just that that you giving yourself completely to something over which really you have no control, no control. Over whatsoever and it's just I mean this is just it's just incredible and it, it, like you were saying how, with Bale how he just seems happy I think yeah maybe once upon a time when he was a young guy that did want to achieve things, he did want to win stuff, he probably saw, right, okay, well, the ship has sailed a bit of Spurs now, Modric is gone, King's gone, I'm the only one here, I'm the last member of the band, right, I'm not, you know, I want to win stuff. He's gone away and he maybe did see Spurs as more of a job and all this type of thing, but let's, let's not kind of treat his, I'm not saying you're doing this, I'm just saying in general, that let's not treat his psyche in stasis, you know. He's also... A, a man who's gone on his own journey. He's, he's 31 years old now, and there probably is that part of him that maybe at some point he saw Spurs as more of a job. He had no real allegiance to them, per se, other than that we were good to him, we nurtured his talent, we gave him a platform, and I think he's always been appreciative of that, and he's never hidden away from that. But maybe that emotional love and everything that wasn't fully realised at that point because he was a young, ambitious guy. Now, as he's kind of getting towards the, I guess, the tail end of his career and just as a as a, as a a man, you know, as, a, as an adult, as a human being, you know as you age, you start to think of things differently and you reflect upon things differently. Get a bit more sentimental. Well, yeah, and he probably is now thinking, look, I'm, I am retiring in a few years. Yeah, I can sit here in Madrid and not really play and I'm still going to have my wages and there is all that pragmatic stuff. But there's also that part of him thinking, is this is this how I want to go out? You know, is this is this is this really it? Like, because I have won all this stuff. I've won everything I can win, but And he's my- not just he's not just been there to win it. He's been an active part of yeah. those victories. Ledesimo. 
Like, the, you know, that was like the, the elephant he's, in the room for them for so long. He scored the decisive goal in two Champions League finals. And he gets next to no recognition, not even just from Madrid fans, from, I think, perhaps, you know, it might be one of these things that once he's retired, people will look back and whatever. But in this moment, there still seems to be this weird level of doubt over somebody like Bale, whereby it almost feels like his story's unwritten. And this this might just be that nice final chapter of him where he's he's still only we're not talking about signing a 35 year old player here he's 31 years old like we're seeing increasing evidence that players peaks are being pushed back and I'm, I'm not saying that we're getting a peak Gareth Bale I'm not saying that for a second but what I'm saying is that I don't let's not just assume he's as far over his peak as people might think he is Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. He's yeah. never going to score a goal like he did in that Copa del Rey final again because he just doesn't have that again. But is he going to? I don't think his body's tuned to do that anymore. No, he's changed his body, like you say. But um, I think two of the things I want to touch on before we finish recording because it's just before the Southampton game. Um, is the mentality of the side because the one thing that he mentioned a shitload in his interview even in the five minutes that they released is he mentioned trophies about ten different times he wants to win a trophy I suppose you know he's clearly that's the reason he's been brought in is to help that winning mentality and he goes look before I was there you don't really understand sort of how to look after the pressure how to process it how to approach those occasions and the fact that you know he, his presence will give people confidence in the dressing room. We've what have we been to eight, eight FA Cup semi-finals in a row. We've we've essentially fucking I, chucked I in the bin. So something like that. And we've, we've, we've some of them have been them. shit as well. Like some of them we, we should have done better in. Well, Portsmouth not one of them and stuff like that. I think he played in that one though. Yeah, well Chelsea the old well. Gareth Bale. Yeah, we, we Chelsea a few times, if or two, three times. So there's no good reason for us to to not try and get that monkey off his back um, because uh, he should be able to give people belief and he should be able to share his know-how. He doesn't seem very shy. And if the, if the one thing that documentary has proven to us is the outward perception we have of their personalities given what we see in the press and what we see on the field and stuff is not who they are behind closed no. doors. If you'd have told me that Hugo Lloris was some fucking Napoleon figure behind closed doors, I, I, you probably could have bent my arm into believing it. But when you actually see him, it, the the man is... Cl- that's the reason he's captain. Like, he might be quiet on the field, apart from that one time he was going to try and chin on, and I think he was in the right, so... But... You know, you, you don't actually know who they are. You, you know, sometimes I think we become over familiar with people because we we we, we give so much of our own emotion to them yeah. because we're fans. We we assume we know more than we do, um, and we don't. That's the reality of it. So you know, it depends what he's doing behind closed doors. If he's sort of if he stood there with 
Kane and Son just going, you know, back yourself. And, you know, if Harry Kane asks him, you know, is it the best idea for me to go somewhere else and stuff? And he goes, look, you might you might win a few stuff, but you're never going to replicate what you've got here. And maybe Harry Kane will say that now, the fact that Gareth Bale's come back and is happier for it. Maybe he'll question whether or not, you know, is it better for me to go somewhere else chasing trophies and what have you? Is that everything? And I'm sure Gareth Bale's not turning his nose up at four Champions League final wins, but, you know, is it something that... I don't know. This I'm not going to say it actually, because it could be silly, but... Maybe like winning a trophy at Spurs means more than winning ten trophies somewhere else. I'm not sure. Maybe that's just me being a blind fan. I'm. I'm Mate, no, I, I, I put a lot of credence into that. It's like you know, I wrote a thing years ago about you know Ledley King just saying how it's you know he might have only had a Carling Cup at Spurs, which is so depressing considering it's a man that should have won everything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, in a kind of in the history of our club, he he's a landmark. He stands out. There's a there's a there's an entire generation, or several gen, like probably two three generations of people that idolise him. That mm-hmm. you know, he's and rightly so. You know, he will be forever etched in a hundred years' time. When we're all gone, there'll still be pictures of Ledley King lining the walls of the stadium or you know whatever corporate events and things that the then and he's he is destined now to be the manager of that team at some point Probably. it might not be the next manager it might not be the one after that but at some point he will manage that club do you reckon yeah yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did um or at least form a close up like be an assistant or something like just that just look at I don't, I don't want him to become the new clipboard Chris but yeah sort of yeah, um, yeah. no no I know what well, you mean Look at Perlo at Juve and stuff. Like at some point, even those sides of clubs just go. Oh, Zidane when he got the Real Madrid job, at some point they just go. Oh, look, he knows the club. He's been here. The players respect him. Let's give him a chance. And you no, know, sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes it's utter bollocks. Like Solskjaer at Man United, even though Man United are probably better under him than they have been under any other legitimate manager before him. But. You know, I, I, it's a different conversation, but I do think it'll happen at some point. It's, I don't know. I just, I, it's just, it's just incredible. I think it's, it's a blinding piece of business. Like I'll, I'll be happily critical of, you know, Levy and the way in which the club's been run for the past few years in certain respects, um, and transfers, primarily being the main one of those. But uh, whether this is cynical. Or not, and I'm sure there are cynical reasons to it. I just don't care. There's such a net good to this that it's, you know, I, I don't know if you saw this yesterday. Loads of the academy lads on their like Instagram were just buzzing about it. The fact <laughs> that they were they, they signed Gareth Bale and like Charlotte was saying to me is like, well, they were kids. Yeah, like, they're all Spurs fans. Yeah. They were all kids when he was doing what he was doing for Spurs. It's their child. They're going to be training and playing alongside their literal childhood hero. Probably mm-hmm. one of the reasons why they're playing football, why they are yeah. professional footballers. And when you get that context as well, you, it just again, it's that kind of like, it just cannot be understated how how massive this is for the club. In he's a proper figurehead at our football club. It's huge. It's huge. It will be akin to if. If Kane does end up going, so he goes, you know, the end of this season, he goes to City and does whatever, wins whatever. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that when Kane's 33-34, he'll come back and do a Lorente season for us. Mm. And that will be equally as huge. It will be a, a great homecoming for Harry Kane, who has now, he's gone off and he sh- he's gotten that monkey off his back of like, what has he won though? He hasn't got anything. He'll have got his Champions League winner's medal or whatever. And I mean, hopefully he gets that with Spurs. But, you know, I'm just mm. saying in that eventuality, when he comes back to be the Lorente to Parrots Kane, then, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be buzzing and it'll be great and it'll be just the same. Um, but I, yeah, I, I just. I think if I think we we shouldn't understate how rare it is for this to happen as of well. Because Man United have been trying to get Ronaldo back for years, yep, for a similar reason, and haven't managed it. 
Um, so it's not a, a small achievement that we've actually got him through the door. And it is only a loan or maybe two loans or whatever, but he, he's still there. He's still going to play for it. He's still in the shirt. I think we. Um, I think it's alleged we've got the option to extend it for another yeah. year, and you, you'd imagine we would. Um, yeah, as long as he's not completely broken or you know yeah. it, the the relationship sours for any reason, or he says he wants to go to China or something. Um, but yeah, and I think the only. The only thing that we've got to talk about, or just briefly discuss, maybe it's somewhat for a different episode, but just the only sort of controversial side of this is where did it leave Deli Alley? Because yeah. there was that rumour for about half an hour that he was part of the deal in alone in the other direction and stuff. And when you do, one of the things I did was sort of, I listed down what our first 11 would be, and then we've got an entirely second 11, so we can actually feel two separate, fairly decent sides and still have a couple of players left over which is a kind of depth we've never had before. We've never had the ability to change an entire 11 and, you know, have two good players or two, you know, playable players in every position other than striker, really. Because I think in the second 11, I had Lucas playing up top. But we have we have a depth now where we have a decent bench to choose from. Having Lucas off the bench is amazing. Yeah. Do I want him starting every week? No, but is he the best possible bench option for us? Yeah. Is he when we when we go and play a Plovdiv, should he be starting? Yeah, fucking he should. Same way um Harry Wink should be coming in and out of the side depending on uh, opponents. So should uh, Eric Dyer in my opinion and Ben Davies. They are players that have a place to play at our football club. Should they be starting week in week out? In my opinion no, not for the the place we want to be but we now have the option to to not be doing that um but you know where it leaves delhi because he he might in in my mind our strongest 11 now is larice uh doherty or do it is it doherty or do it i i think it's because we still don't say it i think uh, yeah it's <laughs> don't doherty um Doc. toby Doc. yeah the Guna, Guna at right back, um, Toby Sanchez, uh, Regulon, um, Heiberg holding, or Heubier holding, uh, Ondenbele, Lo Celso, and then a front three of Son, Kane, and Bale. There's one, no, there's, there's, there's no room for Delhi in that. Uh, obviously, he can come off the bench and, and play instead of, you know, one of the front three maybe, or slot in there, or, or push up top. But he doesn't really fit in there anymore. I don't know what he's a man between positions because he's he's half a striker and half a midfielder, and he doesn't really seem to do either anymore. And I, I'm not one of those people that wants to be into him because I think he's incredible. I think he I could be a generational talent. He's yeah. just in a very difficult position now where, and maybe this will. He was an automatic starter before, and maybe now this lights a fire up under his ass to actually kick on. I'm not sure how it works for him. If. Uh... If rumours to be believed, there's been an actual significant fallout between him and Mourinho lately. Mm. Um, so there might be some more movement on that before the end of the window. Who knows um, whether Delhi goes out for a bit of a loan. But I do feel that... yeah, I, We shouldn't I, sell him. No, I, I don't want to see him gone permanently. I do. I echo your sentiments in that I've been quite open about it in that I think he's a generational talent. I think he's a very, very special footballer. Um, but I do think he's maybe stagnated a bit the past couple of years at Tottenham where he's So of the club though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not it's not him uniquely, it's not a failing on his part. You know, Ericsson stagnated, although Irelds well, he's just gotten a bit older to be fair, but I, the kind of vibe has the gloss has come off of Spurs a bit, right? Like when Massively. they started to wind down under Pochettino, I think there's probably been quite a lot of ill feeling there amongst the core of the team of broken promises of what have you. And we can speculate about that as much as we want. But We can only imagine yeah. had we had a window like this two, three years ago where the club would be. Yeah, of course. And, you know, that's that's always going to be the lamentable part of of this and of the Pochettino era but it is what it is right and I guess all we can do is look at now is that starting 11 that you did kind of highlight there and think given the fact that Ndombele and Mourinho seem to be in a good place now because to me he is 
he's almost pivotal to a lot. He's of the sneaky one, man. I I think he could be our best player this season if he's actually given a chance. So you know, we've got Kane and we've man. got Bale, but maybe that sneaks him under the radar a bit, and yeah. people are concentrating on something else, and he can just fucking play football. Yeah, because he's he's unreal. He does look unbelievable every time he. Because I mean, I think we we both had our kind of yeah, he needs to get fit, and I don't think that that's disappeared. I think that was a legitimate thing. You know, the lad was blowing out his ass. He didn't really look like he was in acceptable fitness for a, a for a professional footballer a lot of the time. But then, how much of that latterly became about confirmation bias, we don't know. But what I do know is that in some of the games, I think it was even. Was it maybe Sheffield United where we got absolutely fucking dick? No, Bournemouth. He came on against Bournemouth in that drab, oh, yeah, and changed the game. That drab game where I think we drew with them or did we just beat them? I can't remember after lockdown. But either way, from the second he came on, it was just like, let's just fucking play him more. Like He's just exciting to watch. He's giving us something that yeah, we pretty much haven't had since Ericsson could be asked again. The, he's Not a completely exactly different player to Ericsson. But, yeah, the, but it's that kind of impetus going forward. Right? The speed at which he moves the ball forward is amazing. It's, yeah. And just the, his eye for picking a pass is Yeah, but it, it's, it's the fact that he, he doesn't just see the pass, he plays it immediately and he yeah. plays it with pace. There was one uh, pass against Plovdiv where he zipped it in so quick to Kane's feet that he wasn't really expecting it and he didn't control it as he should have done. But it's just that like, all right, there's a ball there, it's to be played forward. If I don't play it at this split second, somebody could intercept it or get in. But he will just give the ball that quickly and it's the fact that he's got that. Even when he's just playing 15 minutes in Bulgaria, like, and it's his first appearance of the season, he's looking incredible. So, play the boy. The future's bright. The future's early white. But uh, oh yeah, we're going to be talking about Gareth Bale, and we're going to do an all or nothing thing, I guess, at some point. Everyone's done it, Steph. But there are certain things I'd like to talk to you about. We were the original fucking TV review Spurs podcast. So if anyone's talking about all or nothing and pretending they know what they're on about, exactly. I'm not listening to them. I don't listen to any Spurs podcast. I don't really listen to any Spurs po- any podcast anymore. But if they've done it and they think they've done it properly, then they've obviously done a shit job of it. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not one to blow smoke up our asses, but that is literally our fucking corner. Like USP, right? Yeah. Back off, all of you. Um, but we'll talk about all that. We're going to talk about. Well, we can talk well, about sp- it. Speaking of that, Jack, because um, it is a Southampton game in five minutes, um, Tangy is starting today for the first time. He's starting. Mm-hmm. Mate, it's on. It's on. Shall, I, uh, shall I tell you, team? Shall I tell you, team? That's We've got Larissa in goal, Doherty, Dyer, Sanchez, Davies, uh, Heiberg, Wintz, Winks, uh, Ondombele, Lucas, Son, Kane. Let's fucking have it. Mm-hmm. Let's fucking have it. Right. Uh, we yeah, like I say, we'll be back soon. Um, Comedy Spurs. Gareth Bale is once again a Tottenham Hotspur player. Breathe it in, get it in your veins. Just enjoy, enjoy life. for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.